Hello and welcome to the Herbicane Podcast. My name is Simon Osmo and I'm a former UK police detective turned entrepreneur and mindset coach. And on this podcast, I talk with impactful individuals from around the world who have navigated a life pivot, found themselves for a self-discovery to find that thing that we've all been looking for, a happy and fulfilled life. So the excuses are over, my friend. It's time to change our thinking so that we can change our lives and come join me as we dive into this week's conversation to learn how they became who they became. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Who Became Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. My name is Simon Osmo and I'm your host. And this week on the podcast, I'm talking to Colton Dennis, who is a tax strategist from California. Now, Colton is turning tax sexy. That's right, you heard me. He is turning tax sexy because we're going to hear about his role as a tax strategist, how he built that new idea that new philosophy is how we look at tax strategy we're going to hear about his success over the last year he's built up over a hundred thousand followers on youtube which is an incredible accomplishment and we're going to hear how that success may have changed him and also what is it that makes him successful now colton was a former d1 college athlete a football player whatever this man touches appears to turn to gold so i really want to help you understand those characteristics of successful people what is it that they have that makes them successful no matter what they do in life but hey before we dive into today's episode i just want to thank you my listeners i do this show for you and it means so much for you to take time out of your day to listen to these episodes because we have reached a top five percent global podcast so a big thank you for everyone that has helped me get there and as always if this episode resonates with you please share it with a friend or someone in your circle of influence and if you want to follow me and my boring life on social media um, please do so on my handles at simon osmo on all the platforms facebook instagram twitter just at simon osmo so without further ado let's just dive straight into this week's conversation with colton dennis Well, Carlton Dennis, welcome to the Overcame Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation because like a lot of my guests, Carlton, I stalked you on social media long before we had this conversation. I was like, who is this like really cool, trendy black guy doing all this tech stuff? Isn't that for like boring old sort of, like white men and stuff? So it's like, I was like, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you don't see too many black tax advisors online, right? No, and, and it's funny. I when we spoke uh, last week, uh, my wife was in the house, and you know, I sort of re- reflected with her afterwards, and she's like, "Did I hear you say to this guy you're making tax sexy?" And I said, "Yeah, I think I did say that as well." And she was like, "She she was laughing, but but you really do. I mean, I'm really excited for one for my audience to get to know you, but also hear about your your personal journey as well. So maybe tell them a little bit about what it is that you do within within tax." How are you making tax sexy? Yeah, well, first off, I love that you say that, and I've used it since the first time that we had Good. that conversation. Actually, it's now, it's now trademark, so you it's know, now, <laughs> I want it right. Royalties yeah, can be paid. I, I love that slogan. I I truly try to make taxes sexy. So what I do is I work as a tax strategist, which is probably different than what you are used to hearing. Most people hear about 
accountants, CPAs. And although I am an accountant, I position myself as a tax strategist, partly because a lot of business owners and real estate investors have so many questions around taxes and they feel like they can't go to their accountants or CPAs. So as a tax strategist, I meet with these business owners or investors throughout the year, 365 days, and I'm teaching them and coaching them on how to create strategies with the tax code that ultimately reduces their tax bill. So when they go in to see their CPA or their accountant, all they're doing is just filing their tax returns at that point in time. So pretty much creating a divide between um, the accountant and the tax strategy world. Yeah, what I find really interesting is this people are going to watch the video, they're going to see you. And it's really interesting about how bias plays into our mind. They might, they might say, as I did, that doesn't look like a tax, you know, strategist and, and, and stuff. And but you've had a, quite a few pivots to get where you are. So maybe I know you went to school and you were a, a college athlete playing football, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about your journey into football and then maybe how you got into tax in the first place. Yeah. So I get that all the time. I don't look like your traditional tax accountant. I guess tax accountants look like this. I don't know. You picture almost this person in a suit um, that's behind the computer and all they do is tax data and have a hard time communicating. And that's just completely the opposite of what I am. I started out in football um, in high school, got a scholarship, went on to play in college, thought I was going to go pro. That whole story didn't end up happening. And so when I jumped out of college, I had to figure things out. I ended up getting a career in sales. And I worked in downtown LA for a wine company and I was doing an incredible job working for them. But I realized that I was working for a family owned business and I was about to really help them grow. So what I did is I, I made a stop. I decided to focus on my personal training business, which I was doing as my, my side hustle at the time. And I left and worked in my mother's firm. Now, when I joined my mother's firm, my real intention was just to open up time for myself to grow my business. But as I started to see what she was doing in the tax world, I realized she was having a big impact. She was changing business owners' lives. She was investing in real estate, and she was showing other people how to invest in real estate. After going to her conferences and to her events, I had this epiphany. I was creating all these workout programs and working so hard and charging the fees that I was charging and being able to help maybe only a few people that wanted to really commit to changing their body, whereas she was able to give one presentation and change someone's life from a tax perspective that could end up impacting their children. And so, when I thought about that, I was like, okay, I can possibly do this. So I started sitting in her office and watching how I communicated with people. I watched how she sold tax plans. I then created my own process on how to sell tax planning and started selling it. When I coupled this with my sales skills, I ran into a hurdle where my tax license became a factor that kept coming up on the phone call. You can only get so good at selling and then people are going to want to see your credentials. And so I started studying the tax code. I eventually got my tax license, but I went for the highest license that the IRS offers. I went for my enrolled agent's license. Um, and so it allows me to be licensed in 50 states. And fast forward now, since I really didn't have this whole background in taxes, I had to figure out how can I help business owners understand what I understood in a short period of time. Um, and so that's when the whole tax planning and YouTube channel was born. Um, and so now we uh, are running a pretty big tax firm now and I enjoy what I do. Yeah. And there's um, some interesting components to your story because there's a lot of uh, sort of pivots and changes in there. And there's a big difference between wanting to be a football player and getting into um, you know, what you do now. But I guess my first question is, what are some of the similarities that made you successful in football, even though your career didn't work out you know, maybe pursuing professionally? But 
what are some of the similarities between football and actually what you do now? Are they personality-based? Is it mindset-based? What are those similarities? I think it's mindset-based. So in football, you have this mindset of it doesn't matter who the opponent, who the opponent is across from me, I'm going to win my battle. And that kind of transitioned over into the tax planning world for me. But it started out when I was selling tax planning. I really wanted to show people that we made a difference on how we saved people money. So I got really good at telling people what we could do. But then it, it became about showing people what we can do. And that's really the game day. When you're on the football field, you can talk all this talk and practice about what type of star you are. But when it shows up to the game, do you really perform? And so when it got down to it, I needed to be able to show clients, how do I perform as a tax strategist? That came from going back and getting my tax knowledge and getting my license and being able to actually provide them results. Yeah. And I meet a lot of people that I would consider uh, sort of high achievers and, and you're a black guy like me, so it's going to be hard for people to see you blush here perhaps, but <laughs> I would consider you to be like a high achiever. And I think most probably in my mind, you have the type of personality and I can remember when I spoke to you, but whatever you do. I believe you'll be successful because you have that mindset and determination. I know a lot of that comes from, we touched on your mum, Carlo, a lot of that comes from how your parents raised you. And I know, um, similar to me, you grew up in quite a sort of white area, um, maybe sort of tie into some of the life lessons that your mum taught you, which have allowed you to sort of go on to be successful in different, different things. Absolutely. Yeah. My mom um, raised four boys. Um, and I know she told this to us when are you, she was are young. Are you mommy's boys? Are you mommy's boys? <laughs> I believe that some of us are mother's boys and some of us are father's boys. Okay. Um, I was that kid that was more of uh, always getting myself into trouble, just natural, too much natural energy. Um, and so uh, it was kind of hard for me to become either a mama's boy or a father's boy when you're always in trouble. But <laughs> you're no um, one's boy, baby. Carl, so that's everyone's what you boy at that time <laughs> when you're in the principal's <laughs> office, right? Um, but my mother was, was, um, very disciplined because she was born in Compton, California, and she had this mindset of, I need to make it out. And when she started her tax and accounting business, she was raising my brother, Kenneth, and she had just married my father. And so being that she was new to being a business owner, it was scary for her starting her own tax and accounting business while raising somebody, but she powered through that. And then she eventually hired her first assistant who worked out of her home. And then eventually she gained the courage to eventually pay for her own office front and then eventually gained the courage to hire another CPA because it's scary in the accounting world, hiring another professional. You may not um, feel confident being next to somebody who has that same degree as you. They might want to take some of your business. It's, it's different in the accounting world. But then she eventually was able to create a name for herself. And then she got on the news channel. Um, so she's always been this extremely confident, confident person. Um, and she's always moved steadfast. She's never tried to rush into becoming this big business owner. And she's never stopped herself on the treadmill of life that she's on. She's always just remained consistent and steadfast. And so when she was raising us, she was instilling some of those qualities into us. Try to be the best person that you possibly can be. Try to be, always be the first person in line. Um, try to always make sure that you're overachieving. If there's certain people that you see that are doing above and beyond, how can you do above and beyond those people? Um, and so it transitions into what we're doing now. Uh, my brothers also work in the tax and accounting company that I'm in right now. And all of us are more or less finding success because of some of those things that she instilled. Yeah. And it's interesting how, you know, so much about how we are raised or the environment that we're in really play into like our later years in life, because, you know, you have that sort of base and stuff. And obviously there's a lot of people in life 
less fortunate than both of us, but don't have that sort of um, input from hardworking, dedicated um, parents and stuff. And I know part of it, um, you know, I don't want to drive in too much of it because otherwise everyone's going to feel every time I interview a black person, it goes into the race aspect. And that's not the case at all, but it's always good to get people's perspective. But how was it then living where you did um, sort of on the West Coast, being Mm -hmm. a sort of a a black man in a predominantly sort of white area? How, How did you find that? Yeah, it was actually really interesting because knowing that my parents grew up in a predominantly black area and then they moved to a predominantly white area on purpose, they knew that there was going to be some challenges growing up for their children. And so early on, they did the best they possibly could to try to educate us about some of the things that you're going to experience. But of course, they were only basing it on their understanding. They didn't grow up in white schools, so they only heard about things so they can only teach us what they heard about or what they experienced themselves. But growing up in the area that we grew up in, you felt you faced a lot of prejudice, you faced a lot of um, racism. But at a young age, you didn't really you didn't really feel like you knew what was happening until you got older. You didn't really feel like you knew that people were, you know, keeping themselves, keeping to themselves or uh, choosing not to share um, until you got older. But I also can say that I also had a really great experience. I loved growing up where I grew up. Um, I felt like I was in a safe neighborhood. I was able to walk home from school when I approached that age where it was safe to do so. Um, and that was because my parents put us in an environment where I could do those things. I had lunch every single day. I never had to worry about those types of things. And so I was grateful because my parents taught me that those are the things that you need to be able to provide for your, your kids. So yeah, I was glad to be in the environment yeah. I was in. That's cool. And like I said, I don't want to give my listeners the, the, the feeling that every time I talk to a black person, I ask that question, but it's always good to get different perspective around that because it's very, very topical in, in where we, where we are. And so I look behind you. So if those that are watching the, the video, you know, there's the YouTube banner there of the 100,000. So, so, so you know, well done. That is an incredible accomplishment to get that. But that's also, okay. another, it's also another pivot to, to get you there because, you know, you went from your football career, didn't sort of quite work out. You know, you, you found your way into tax, but you're very, like I said, you are a high achiever. You're very strategic in how you move and operate. So maybe tell us a little bit about your sort of, YouTube journey then, because during the sort of recent pandemic, that's when, again, a lot of your uh, sort of strategies really sort of blew up, um, sort of took off and you become very successful in, in what you do. Yeah, yeah. So I started working in my mother's office about six years ago. And when I started working in her office, I started connecting with a lot of business owners, a lot of real estate investors. And when you're on the phone with people who are living somewhat of a lifestyle that you want to live, you start to mimic or do some of the things that they're doing. At least I wanted to. And so as the pandemic started to hit, I started to realize a lot of these customers that I was working with, they didn't really have to stress. They had a lot of products that they were selling. They weren't always in the service-based industry. They had content that was sitting online that was paying them. They had real estate that was sitting somewhere that was paying them. So naturally, I had already gotten myself into real estate. But when the pandemic hit, I realized that it was important for me to get on YouTube because YouTube, I look at as digital real estate. Right. And I realized that at that point in time, everyone who was who was experiencing what was going on with COVID started to turn to technology. They started to turn to the computer. They started to turn to the TV. They started to turn to YouTube for entertainment. They wanted to learn something, learn a new skill. They were unemployed at that point in time. The economy was contracting. And so at that point in time, rather than slowing down or taking my foot off the pedal, I actually pushed forward and started creating really long form content on YouTube that I felt like would sit on YouTube and would be content that people would search. And I started that around July 2020. And then in January of 
2021 was when I really uh, put my focus on on the YouTube, and then we grew the channel to where it's at now. Um, but it it really was the turning point of of uh, experiencing what COVID was doing and realizing that there was an opportunity um, in the content space, and that there weren't other accountants that were trying to share tax strategy advice online. Yeah, and you know when I um look at what you're doing we would like to dive into a little bit about sort of a day-to-day for you as to what some of the stuff looks like to make sure we we give you opportunity to talk about that but uh, most of and again this is my perception now talking to you but i'm thinking you operate in like high net worth as in you know someone's three four five hundred thousand dollars and you know you're going to save them some money on what they perhaps should have filed i mean is your type of work for everyone, Colton, or is it for those high high earners? I mean, maybe I would tell us a little bit about people that you could potentially help. Yeah. So when I joined my mother's firm, we used to be a company that would onboard any type of client. So your taxpayer that was a W-2 employee, your taxpayer that was self-employed, your day trader or your average real estate investor or broker. But as times went on, and even as the tax codes changed, we realized that our skill set really is applicable to small-based business owners and real estate investors, which we call sophisticated taxpayers. Part of the reason why is because the tax code does favor investors and business owners because you are in partnership with the government at that point in time. And being the fact that tax planning was a space that we were predominantly strong in, we started making a push towards supporting business owners or real estate investors who truly need the tax planning. Whereas the W-2 employee more or less just needs tax preparation because there's very little things that a W-2 employee can write off. Um, So I'd say tax planning has pushed us towards uh, primarily supporting um, the self-employed individual and the investor. Yeah. You know, when I hear you talk, one of the reasons I want to ask the question is I I like seeing your passion and excitement. Like I said, you know, you're making tax sexy. You can hear your excitement in it, but you know, you go from football to tax and stuff. I mean, what is it? And when you think of like purpose or, or meaning in life, what is it that drives you so much to just like these different things that you do? I mean, they're very, very different, but you seem, seem very driven in them. It took, me a while to understand that. That. it took me a while to understand like what, what made me want to go so hard in taxes when taxes is viewed as one of the most boring subjects in the world. People are scared of taxes. People think about the IRS and they think, oh my goodness, death and taxes, IRS. I don't want them knocking at my door. Like what was that turning point? And so I had to sit back and look at like my life and what were the moments when I was enjoying myself the most? Like when was I truly having the most fun? And I was having the most fun when I was killing a skill that I was really good in and showing other people how well I was with that skill. Like when I got really good at becoming a corner, I felt like I could guard anyone. I felt like I was untouchable. And that moment was such a great moment, but I was also in a moment where I was showing other people around me that weren't in my position how to become like me. And it was that feeling that I was getting knowing that I had worked so hard in my skill and I was finding success in it, but then I was also in a place where I was sharing others how to get to where I was. And fast forward to the tax world, I wasn't really passionate about taxes until I committed and got my tax license and actually mastered the skill. When I mastered the skill and I knew it, like turning on a faucet of water, everything just flowed. I was ready to start helping other people. And that's when the enjoyment started happening. When I got on the phone and I wasn't just selling tax planning, I was actually coaching people on how to leverage something or how to implement a home office or how to write off a vehicle or telling someone, hey, we're going to lease this vehicle instead of buy it or buy this vehicle instead of lease it. Like I felt like I had this sense of power um, and in, it, it, was, it was helping people at the same time. And the more I learned, 
the bigger the power grew because I was saving more lives. I was, I was literally getting bigger tax savings. It went from saving a couple of thousand dollars to saving 50 to $80,000 to saving a couple of hundred thousand dollars. I save millions of dollars now and it just feeds me. And um, now I'm in a place where it's like, I just want to be able to have my team around me feel like they can help as many people as possible because I'm going to continue to focus on creating more content and awareness on this whole tax strategy thing. Yeah. And um, a couple of things that strike me now, it's interesting that, you know, you clearly sort of found a purpose. We might have multiple purposes in our life, but once you understood who you were and mastered your mindset, you know, success has been sort of come. I mean, was there, um, we say in England, the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know if you have that expression here in the US, but was there a defining moment when you can remember that it all clicked into place and you understood, you understood everything you just described to me. Can you remember maybe the day when you had that clarity or, or was it as a gentle progression over, over life? I think it was a gentle progression. There's been a couple of, you know, moments when I had big leaps. Um, I remember certain moments when I got to sit in on certain conversations that I wasn't supposed to be a part of. And it took big leaps uh, for me financially uh, to see that. Um, I just remember being in my first uh, consultation with a hundred million dollar client. And I wasn't supposed to be taking that, that appointment that day. Carla, our CEO, my mother was supposed to take that appointment. Uh, I love it that a... you call your mom Carla, by the way. I always love that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I watched all you... your videos on YouTube and I saw you call your mom Carla. I was like, oh, it, was, it, was, it did make me smile. It was cool, but it's cool. Yeah, it's, uh, we have a, me and my mother have a very um, interesting dynamic. We are very, very professional. She understands where the limitations are in the business world for a male working underneath them, their mother. And yeah. she understands that I have positioned myself to respect her and to respect everything that she's been able to do in this world. Um, and so, yeah, Carla, my mother, she was the one who was supposed to be in that appointment that day, um, but she had to be in an eye appointment. So I ended up sitting in on this appointment with this $100 million client. Um, and I'll never forget because he had a similar name to mine. But when I went through this appointment, I was able to see how someone went from being a broke you know, student to becoming this professional investor who was willing to throw $10 million into a company and was willing to sit and listen to a 23-year-old tell him about tax strategy. It was just, it was just marveled me. And so um, after being able to onboard him um, into the company, that was my biggest tax plan I had ever closed. It, it was a turning point for me. I realized that you know, in, in an hour, I could be worth this amount of money. And then I looked back at when I was doing my training and putting together training programs, it would have taken me a, at least 100 programs to, to receive the amount of income that I was going to be able to receive from helping this person. But on the, on the other side of it, though, what we were going to be able to do for him, it, it would have been monumental. So, and, it, and it is to this day what we're, what we're still doing for that person. So um, that was a big turning point for me. Um, that was my, one of my biggest clients I've ever been able to onboard. And I think about some of those, those other moments that I've had that have been also able to push me forward. Um, and giving me that confidence to know that I can uh, go after those giants in the world. Yeah, great. Um, so it, well, it's maybe good in a way that your mom wasn't there at that $100 million client. It allows you the opportunity to step in as well. Sometimes you need that in life as well. Don't you be given the, the opportunity to be put into, into play? And I know one of yeah. the things you have is you're very entrepreneurial as well. I mean, you, you're like me, you love um, real estate as well. So I mean, was there, um, would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? When did you realize that you were very business focused? You know, imagine to get to college, were you a D1 athlete at college? 
Yeah, so Cal Poly was considered a D1 school, although we didn't play all of those big schools like you might think of the USC's. We did get a couple of those bigger opponents, the ASU's, the Fresno State's sprinkled into our schedule. The entrepreneur started in, in, in college. When I was in college, I started my personal training business um, where I was showing athletes and students how to train their body. And I was just creating custom workout programs and nutrition programs at the time because I was a kinesiology major. The um, NCAA caught on to what I was doing and because I was promoting myself on Instagram and they sent me a letter letting me know that if I don't stop that I was going to jeopardize my scholarship um, and my position as a student athlete at Cal Poly Los Obispo. So I had to shut that business down. Um, But that was the very first business I had ever started. But it gave me a taste. And that was why when, you know, I knew football was coming to an end my senior year. That was why I started that business again and uh, went into sales while I was working on that as my side hustle. And if you had to go and work for someone now, would you be a good friend of mine? Uh, Spencer always talk about um, entrepreneur, but if he had to work for someone, he'd be like a caged lion. I mean, what what would you be like if it wasn't you and your sort of team and you're in like a corporate environment? I mean, is is now sort of an entrepreneur in your your blood, but you'll always pursue your own endeavors, or could you see a time when you enter? or maybe re-enter sort of corporate America, what would you be like if you had to work for someone else? Yeah, I think for me, it's um, similar being like a cage lion, but I almost feel like it, it limits my vision, right? Night goggles, when you put on night goggles, night vision goggles, they're meant to be put on at night. But if you put them on in the middle of the day when the sun's out, you can't see anything. And that's how I feel like I, I felt in corporate America. I couldn't see but two feet in front of me. And when I decided to become an entrepreneur, I was able to see miles and miles ahead of me, like putting on night vision goggles, everything became so clear. And I was able to see how people moved through life. Um, I was able to see that it wasn't just about executing maybe one skill set. I needed to learn multiple skill sets. I needed to understand marketing outside of just sales. I needed to understand ads. I needed to understand SEO. These were other things that I never even thought would be important uh, to me. Um, in my life. But cr- now I understand how important it is to have a personal brand. I understand how this could have an impact on my legacy. And also it pus- positioned me to be able to teach other people how important it is as well. So yeah, um, that started back in um, college when I started that personal training business. Yeah. And I, you know, here's so many things from the, the college aspect, to football, to what you're doing now, to your success on, on YouTube, I think YouTube and Instagram, both your, um, uh, accounts of well over 100,000. I mean, what would you say, looking at all this stuff, what, what is your biggest professional accomplishment? And then maybe what's your biggest personal accomplishment? So you can, you can take them in any order, but I'd love to um, get insight as to what you think those are, your biggest professional and your biggest personal accomplishment to date. Yeah. So um, I would say probably my biggest professional accomplishment um, and I know there's going to be so many, um, and I'm blessed that I even have some accomplishments I do. But when I was asked to join Forbes, that was one of the biggest accomplishments I felt like for me. Because I just remember that point in my life, I was struggling. I was working so hard over time to try to make more income for myself. I was literally on a treadmill and I was trying to push that treadmill speed button up and up, trying to go faster and faster. And when they reached out to me and said that they had been watching me and that I'm being selected for something, I, I, I just was so caught off guard. And so that moment right then and there changed me. I, I, I truly leveraged that moment and started creating Forbes articles and truly felt like I, I deserved to be there after that um, and started acting like it. 
Um, so that was a big moment in my professional career. Um, in my personal life, I would say, you know, transitioning my wife into working inside of my industry. My wife was working for a great company and um, now she's going to be joining my company um, and working and building something together with me. And um, also she's running the real estate uh, side of the things that we're doing now. And uh, just being in a position where she can leave her job and be able to say, you know, I'm doing this now because it makes sense to, um, that's just a blessing to me, um, especially um, at our age and where we're at right now, being able to push these things forward as soon as we possibly can. So we, we can get to a place where we can spend time with the family we wish to create soon. Yeah. And, and working with your spouse, partner, significant other can sometimes not be easy. So it sounds yeah. like you've, you, it sounds like you've mastered it. So there'll be a lot of people pinging you offline saying, can you tell me actually how you do it? You know, I don't think, I, I don't I think anyone's question. mastered it. Simon. <laughs> I don't think anyone's mastered it, but what I think is most important is understanding that your, your spouse is great without you. That is the one thing you have to always remember is that your spouse is great without you. That's part of the reason why you chose him or her. Um, and so when you're going at something together, know that they're going to be great no matter what, whatever you choose to work on together. And if this is something that doesn't need to be worked on together, then do something apart from each other. Because at the end of the day, you two can stand on your own two feet. Um, and so independence in an own organization with your spouse is doable and can be done. Um, but it also takes practice and it also takes tons of communication and tons of planning um, because without planning, there's chaos. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. You know, when, when I reflect on, you know, my life has been numerous times when I've had either transformations or self-discoveries, even when I moved from the UK to the USA, you know, I had to sort of transform myself and sort of start again. And I think the sort of, if you can see your transformations, you can get good learning from it. But I, my question would be, what would you say is your biggest self-discovery that you've had about yourself so far in your life? What's your biggest self-discovery? Well, I used to think, I used to think that I wanted to be this person, this business guy that was super busy all the time. That was the guy that was jumping off the jet, walking into the event, leaving from there to a phone call from this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. And although I know that those things are coming my way, because <laughs> those are absolutely things I want to do. Um, I do see not... you owning a jet one day. You're that type of guy. I'm going to put oh, it yeah, out there yeah, now. That's going to happen. I'm going to date this recording. I, I, I've seen your social media. You're that type of guy. You're going to own a jet. Yeah. Just yeah, pick me up yeah, in Minnesota. As much as I see that for myself, I also realize that like, I also want to be in a place where I can have, I can have my time with my family. It was so funny. I just got back from vacation from Hawaii. And this was the first vacation. I've taken vacations to Hawaii before. I've taken vacations to nice exotic places before. But this was the first time I got in Hawaii. And I can honestly say I had days where I just didn't do anything. And it seems like every time I go on vacation, there's a hike, there's a trip, there's a reservation. It was just so nice to be able to just not do too much and just be able to say, okay, today we're just going to be here in this beautiful house enjoy ourselves and do whatever we want to do today and not be scripted and have those moments where we can be gone two or three times out of the out of the year not to mention be able to integrate ourselves with the localers be able to do some of those things so i eventually want to get to a place where i can have more of those family moments and travel more but also be in a place where i'm putting on events in some of these places that i wish to travel because if i do things right i can get to a place where maybe i'm doing some live speaking events somewhere tropical like Hawaii, and I can have my family there. Um, and it's not, uh, you know, so much of a work event. It's, you know, being able to vacation and also sharing advice with people who truly need it. 
Um, and that's what I feel like work is evolving uh, to for me is getting to a place where I can blend some of those things that I love to do and be places I love to be while also coaching and educating people um, in the facets in which they be coached on. And I'm the same. I mean, you know, life balance and mindset, I think, are some of the cornerstones as to how we sort of live and and finding the balance is really hard. It's, I think it's even harder for us as, as men. You know, we feel like we should be should be the providers and always busy and always sort of hustling, doing things. But yeah, having that balanced life, I don't know many people that can really say they truly mastered it. It is it is no. a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I don't think well, there is a balance, true either, and that's not what I'm seeking. The goal the goal isn't to have a balance because if you want something, then you're going to have to go hard. And when I say hard, it, it deserves 110 and more of your time, effort, and intention. When I decided I wanted to get this tax license, it took all of the effort and intention I had. I mean, my, my, my physical health was deteriorating a little bit because I was putting more time on that um, than I was on, on, on my physical health. And sometimes when you care about something so much, you're gonna have to sacrifice other things. You're gonna have to let go of certain things so you can add to uh, what, you, what you truly care so you can throw more fires or more logs on that fire. And so. That's just something I want anyone who's watching this to know is that there, there won't be a balance, at least I don't believe, when it comes to really trying to master that success that you see for yourself in whatever area of life it is, there may not be a balance. And it's really interesting for me. I know we're starting to sort of wrap up now, but it's really interesting for me that as a, a young man, you know, you wanted to be the sort of American footballer, which would bring, you know, riches and fame. And in a way, you know, um, you know, I've looked at your social media and I keep calling you out there. You know, there's nice cars, there's expensive places. You, you're achieving that, but in like a, a slightly different way. Um, I guess from an outsider perspective, that's what I said to you earlier, you know, about high achievers. I think you were just born for some, some greatness. Um, do you find it interesting that you mostly thought it was going to be a football career that would give you a Porsche and nice, um, you know, clothes, uh, apartment, holidays and stuff, but it's ended up being taxed. Have uh, you sort of reflected on that? Is that weird to you? Does that sort of um, just seem normal now? So are you talking about, you know, some of these items that, you know, we have in our lives, some of these materialistic items, how does it uh, contribute to my life? Or what do you mean by that? Yeah, no, more so that you were expecting football to bring you that sort of riches oh. and fame variety but you found it in something different that's what i'm sort of trying to get at but you're you know. you're you're right you're right um you know what's funny is i felt like a failure because football didn't work out and truth truth i truly felt like a failure and it wasn't until it wasn't until i was able to and i don't know why but but it was like a milestone for me it wasn't able to until i was able to hit six figures in my main job working um for carla dennison associates as a tax strategist that i felt like okay now i can start to to feel proud about myself like maybe i'm not this this failure but now that i i'm fast forward to where things are at right now i i didn't have the mindset of i'm going to get all those things through what i'm doing i thought i was never meant to have them because i was so restricted still I was still working every single day in this employee mindset. I didn't have my entrepreneurial mm -hmm. mindset truly instilled just yet. I was still shaping it. Um, and so to my, in my eyes, I thought I would never have some of those things that you know, I can afford right now or even be able to afford um, in the future. It wasn't until that I truly started doubling down, like I said, kind of removing that balance from my life that now I feel like, okay, I'm truly a business owner. I can truly, I've truly proven that I can, I can pull in revenue. These things are already going to come now. These things are already going to come. 
And it got to a place of, of just having ultimate belief. But that came from all of the work too, right? When you're a football player, you're putting in tons of work. When you're a business owner, where does the work happen? It's not just sitting there being on the phone with people. You're reading. You're reading books. You're watching mm-hmm. other business owners and how they were able to stay disciplined and successful. Because that's really what it is, is how, how disciplined can you stay for periods of time? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and it's interesting. It always sounds like once you put those sort of the financial rewards to one side and say, you know, what would be, would be, maybe I'm not supposed to have a lot of this stuff. That's when the rewards then came. So yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, well, I, I can tell you one thing, Carton, I know, and I'm going to put pressure on you here, but I feel your topic I'm going to meet, we're going to stay in contact. And there's going to be one point when um, you'll never find yourself in Minnesota because it's, it's too cold and there's not enough, <laughs> <laughs> not enough exciting stuff for you. But if I find myself on the West Coast, I'm sure we're going to meet at some point. It's been, been really great to, to get to know you and, and, and have this conversation with you. So I'm really grateful for you taking time out of your busy day to, to join me. Yeah, yeah. I love this show, man. I want to say thank you for bringing me on. And if you're ever on the West Coast, let's come down and grab some food. I'm a big foodie. Um, and it'll be a deduction. We'll talk business the entire time. That's, that sounds good. You can help me with my tax strategy. Yeah. So, um, Carlton, so how can people get hold of you, your social media handles, that type of stuff? What's the best way for people to connect? Absolutely. You guys can visit carltondennis.com or you can go to Carla Dennis and Associates to schedule a free tax strategy consultation. We're on every single social media link by visiting Carlton Dennis on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Well, Carlton, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you, to do this interview, and I look forward to talking to you soon. So you have a great day over there, brother. Take care. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to simonosimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.